We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Mid-America's most trusted source for news. KMOX. At 5.03, it's a cloudy sky, 59 degrees, downtown at the Arch. Today is Monday, January 16th. I'm Michael Calhoun, our top local story. Following an exchange of gunfire outside the downtown Social Security office Friday between a woman and St. Louis police, that woman has been released from custody. An eyewitness captured video as the woman fired from inside her van at police. No one was injured and the woman was arrested. She calls herself a sovereign citizen and wanted to shoot up the Social Security office. CAMOX asked Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner spokeswoman Allison Hawk when the woman was released and were told, last she knew, it's still under investigation by police. Hawk added the Circuit Attorney does not make the call on releasing detainees. Police have 24 hours. What Hawk did not say is if charges were applied for and refused by Gardner's office. Maria Kina, KMOX News. A St. Louis police officer was taken to the emergency room after potentially being exposed to fentanyl during a traffic stop in South City. Happened just before noon today at South Broadway and President. Police say the officer was having trouble breathing. There have not been any other updates from officers since it happened. On this Martin Luther King Day, Bishop G. Vincent Dudley Sr. spoke at the O'Fallon, Illinois NAACP's King Day Breakfast. Bishop Dudley said the nation is so tribal driven right now and there's a danger in that. He talks about Joseph of the Old Testament stream. His brothers actually were leaders of the tribe and they rejected the dream. And the danger is, is by rejecting it, it then impacts the entire nation. And that's exactly what it is uh, in the story, what we're dealing with right now. One state lawmaker from Kansas City says last week's debate over whether women representatives can wear cardigans on the House floor was, in her words, laughable and ridiculous. State Rep. Jamie Johnson tells KMOX the debate also overshadowed more important proposed changes to House rules, including allowing Missourians to offer testimony virtually. I am so tired of talking about cardigans. <laughs> the amendment to allow women to wear cardigans on the floor was approved. I will be wearing a nice buttery cardigan tomorrow morning <laughs> on the House floor. Republican lawmaker Ann Kelly proposed the amendment to require blazers and knit blazers, saying it was essential to maintain a formal and professional atmosphere. Carol Daniel, KMOX News. Teachers may want to listen in Wednesday afternoon at 3 p.m. Governor Mike Parson delivers his State of the State address Wednesday afternoon, and increasing teacher pay is expected to be on his agenda. Missouri Board of Education member Pamela Westberg-Hodge said during a teacher retention hearing in October, hiking pay for just one year is not the answer. If we try to apply band-aids and just run around in place, 
and not address the structure, then we're going to be sitting here 10 years from now talking about the same issue and then another 20 and, and another 30. The governor pushed for the minimum to increase from 25000 to 38000 last year, and educators hope he will call for that to be made permanent in this week's address. Sean Michael Lyle, KMOX News. Students at CVPA return to school tomorrow for the first time since a school shooting there in October that took the life of a teacher and student. State Representative Peter Meredith, working with parents, teachers, and staff at the school, has introduced several bills that he believes could prevent another such tragedy, and he says these common-sense measures have wide public support, except in the legislature. It's the same situation that happens all the time where Republicans tell me, for one reason or another, they agree with me. But they can't vote that way. And either that's because they're afraid of a primary fight on a hot topic like guns or they're afraid of their leadership punishing them because we have power that's far too consolidated in the hands of a couple people in the House. The bills include a red flag law raising the age limit to buy a gun to 21, requiring the universal background check, and once again requiring a gun permit. From KMOX at the winter warm-up today, Yachty and Albert are gone and other Cardinals stars won't be around forever. But Cards President Bill DeWitt III says they've got six players among the top 100 prospects and he's especially hopeful for Jordan Walker. Coming in under and behind Goldie and Arenado and Wayno, and um, you know, it's it's pretty cool to see them also embrace it because, and to have a taste of it, in and to interact with guys like. Albert in his last year, you know, like some of the players did. Baseball faces lots of competition, not just from other sports, but streaming, video games, and other digital entertainment. Cards chairman Bill DeWitt Jr. says MLB has made growth a priority. We've made big investments in uh, uh, youth baseball, which has improved uh, the number of uh, kids that play baseball, and that's just, you know, girls and boys. Uh, girls, mostly softball, but um, you know, it's the same game. And, you know, we're, we're building it. Um, we're becoming more diverse. The KMOX business desk, Boeing, is inviting students from a joint UMSL and Washington University engineering program to become interns. The aircraft manufacturer says they'll take on the students as soon as they complete their degrees and are committing $1.4 million over three years to pay the interns. Well, as we continue on KMOX, let's get the very latest on a major project in downtown St. Louis. It's something that you can see from just about all points. Uh, the 46-story AT&T, SBC, Southwestern Bell, whatever you'd like to call it, uh, 909 Chestnut, the 46-story uh, skyscraper in downtown St. Louis, has a plan for the future. And joining us is Brian Mingus of the Advantis Group. Thanks for the time, Brian. Thank you. Appreciate the time. This is uh, more than a million square feet, uh, obviously a major landmark in downtown St. Louis. Mark on the skyline, see it right behind the arch and all the major photos. What do you have planned for 909 Chestnut? So we have a, a mixed-use plan that, consider, uh, that, can, uh, that consists of uh, hospitality, residential, retail, and um, you know, a sky lounge and a pool on the, on the 46th floor. So when it comes to the uh, the hotel, because downtown has a lot of the uh, the you know typical hotel rooms, but not a lot if you're looking for more of the residence in experience. Is that what you're talking about? More of the long term stay. On the Sonder uh, component, correct. Yes, we uh, we intend to. Uh, there's about there'll be kind of one bedrooms, more micro type units. They will have kitchens, etc. Um, and then on floors two through five, we'll have kind of more of your traditional flag hotel type rooms um, that we plan to offer. And how do you summarize the state of the downtown St. Louis submarket right now? And how did the, the current situation uh, play into the factor not to do office space in uh, what was one of the highest profile office buildings? 
Well, I think when you look across the country, you know, post-COVID, uh, you know, office is, is is not necessarily coming back where it was, right? And so <clears throat> I think we have to kind of build ourselves out of it in some capacity in a different way. And I think you'll see a lot of the downtown markets across the country start to convert, uh, you know, office space to to a different type of use, which, you know, obviously the, the most uh, prime uh, use of that would be residential. And so I think what we're going to see here is you're going to see an influx of residential uh, flood the downtown markets and kind of replace some of the office submarket. And what does that do then in terms of uh, spillover effects in other areas? Uh, for instance, you talk about retail uh, in this building. Downtown has had a bit of a challenge when it comes to retail. There's schnooks, but, uh, you know, no CVS, no Walgreens, uh, no, no place to go and buy a belt or a pair of pants. Um, but does adding more residents help uh, make the case, especially to those national retailers who've got to see, you know, certain metrics before they consider a store? Yeah, I think it will. I mean, we've got a little bit of work ahead of us, of course. I think, uh, you know, obviously the the vacating aspect of of office came uh, fairly accelerated after post-COVID. You know, there's also some other challenges within downtown that have caused some other uh, migration of office as well. Um, But I think as we kind of bring the residential component in a more flourished aspect and a more densified aspect in downtown, uh, you'll start to see retailers, et cetera, start to phase back in. And then it, we've also seen, for instance, up the street at the Foundry, they, they set out to put a lot of retail in, and they've had a lot of local retailers jump in, but uh, they've shifted to a lot of more of the entertainment. We've seen this with a lot of, uh, you know, shop and saves that have gone dark, what's replaced them, a lot of medical and entertainment. Uh, and so could that be a part of this as well, uh, especially as retail continues to shift online? So, uh, you know, as part of the vertical subdivision of this building, and to your point, there's a significant amount of square footage in here. Um, we, we've packed in a significant amount of amenities for the particular building itself. Um, what that uh, necessarily means in terms of the external play, uh, we'll probably keep that more intra-spective uh, in terms of the building aspect. Um, but to your point, I mean, I think there's there's an opportunity for, for traditional sort of uh, retail, whether that's restaurant or, or quick pickup. And then I think there'll also be an opportunity to, once the residents get in and the visitors come back, I think it would be another play to kind of further uh, examine, you know, doing some of the components you were talking about. And then just the state of the building itself, we've we've had some reports that there's been uh, flood damage in certain areas, just the status of the building itself. Yeah, the building's in great shape. I mean, uh, obviously it was overbuilt in 1986. And so a lot of the code compliant items are, are still intact. Um, there was a uh, there was a sprinkler leak about a year ago, I think, uh, when there was a, was a freeze. And so there was a little bit of uh, damage, I think, maybe on the west side of the fourth floor and kind of down a little bit. But it was all contained and it's obviously not structural or anything of that nature. It's more just kind of a little bit of water damage. And in terms of the parking situation, we heard about that uh, from AT&T and from some of the others who had considered taking on the building. But there is a lot of parking in downtown if you're willing to walk a block or two. Um, and so how does the, the lack of in-house parking play into uh, the rehab that you p- have planned for this? So I, I'm not at liberty to share uh, some of the parking details just yet, but um, we do have a parking solution that will provide enough capacity Uh, for the building's complete activation. Um, And we should be able to release some of that information here in the the near future. Um, You know, in in the end, you know, part of the building's uh, makeup and composition and the way we plan to play this out is kind of a valet nature in some capacity. And so uh, we are currently working uh, and kind of have a master license agreement in place uh, with the neighboring garage um, that we intend to kind of utilize as sort of our valet parking uh, component uh, within the projects itself. 
Well, as you move forward with the uh, redo of 909 Chestnut into the Beacon, uh, what, where does the process stand right now? What, what comes next? And, of course, uh, people always have questions about the tax breaks that go into these kinds of projects. How do you justify what's, uh, what's been proposed for this? Yeah, so, you know, when we packaged this before we took a, an approach at it, is, you know, one of the hurdles that we needed to uh, overcome internally uh, for this project to become reality was to get it on the historic registry, which we were uh, which we were successful at, which creates a significant amount of equity to make the project uh, financially feasible. So that was kind of step number one. Step two is obviously the tax breaks are nece- are a necessary, um, you know, subsidy to, to, to make this project that much more financially feasible. Uh, I think there's a number of people that have made a run at it without the particular historic component. And I think this is just uh, enough to kind of get the needle over the hump to kind of make this a reality. And so as we wrap up with Brian Mingus of Advantis Group about 909 Chestnut and the proposed uh, renovation there, just generally downtown St. Louis, it seems uh, to be going forward on a project like this. It seems like you're confident in the future. You're optimistic about uh, the prospects for downtown. Yes, we are. I mean, obviously, there's you know there's some challenges in front of us, but I think uh, if you build it, they will come. And um, we've had that same experience with our other portfolio holdings that we've redeveloped here over the last five years. I think if you take a look at uh, one card away, you'll see how quick that those particular units ramped up uh, and absorbed. And I think you'll see that across the board. I think people want to be down where the action is. Um, and in this particular uh, project's redevelopment, I mean, you're talking about 360-degree views from, you know, two, three, 400 feet up in the air, which is pretty significant. Tell us about the name for this. It would go from the AT&T Tower to being called the Beacon on Chestnut. Well, you know, part of the, the naming of the building is to, is to kind of create a beacon of light in the center of, of downtown, right? I mean, I think if you have, if you think of downtown as the heartbeat of the St. Louis region and even the heart of kind of Missouri in some aspects. I think you can think of the beacon getting activated as the heartbeat of downtown. Um, they are strategically located between all the sport venues. Um, it's right in the middle there. And so our, one of our intents is to light the exterior of this building up in, in such a way uh, creatively that it not only does it cre- create and provide uh, sort of safety, but it also kind of starts that, uh, that push uh, to request and see if other buildings in downtown would do the same thing to kind of get that same sort of feel. Well, Brian Mingus of Advantis Group, thank you so much for the great information, uh, the excitement about downtown, and we'll keep an eye on this project. And please keep us up to date. All right. Thank you. Now, three things to know. Number three. St. Louis Mayor Tashara Jones joined the annual gathering at the old courthouse downtown on the Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. This morning ceremony honoring Dr. King on the steps of the old courthouse in downtown St. Louis is especially powerful. Our ancestors were sold into slavery on these very steps. But today we reclaim these steps, this courthouse, and in this city of inclusion and equity for all. This was the 54th year of the march and interfaith service marking the birthday of Dr. King. It began the year after his assassination. Number two. The latest gas buddy survey of nearly 1,000 stations locally finds the average price of regular unleaded stayed the same as last week, 302 per gallon. That's the same price as we paid a year ago in mid-January, but 21 cents higher than a month ago. Gas buddy says the lowest price in St. Louis today is 275, the highest 349. Analyst Patrick Dehan predicts gas prices may nudge up a bit in the week ahead in some parts of the nation, while others stay flat. 
Brad Choate, KMOX News. Number one. I'm Maria Kina. The woman accused of shooting at St. Louis Police Friday and wanting to shoot up the downtown Social Security office has been released from the City Justice Center. The circuit attorney spoke KMOX, it's still not clear if charges were applied for and that they are waiting for more information from police. The news continues on Total Information PM. The World Health Organization is appealing to China to release more COVID-19 information. The health body wants to know more about China's wave of COVID-19 infections after the government announced nearly 60,000 deaths since early December. Following weeks of complaints, it was failing to tell the world what was happening. The Saturday news was the first official death toll since Beijing abruptly dropped antivirus restrictions in December, despite a surge in infections that have flooded hospitals. That left the WHO and governments appealing for information, while the US, South Korea and others imposed controls on China visitors. I'm Charles Duladesma. Time for a whole nother story with Kevin Colleen. And tonight, Kevin talks with some men living in tents along the highway. Once I slept in a tent on a camping trip in Jefferson County when the temperature got down to 32 degrees. That night, I never could get all the way asleep. That came to mind as I met two of the four men living in those tents on the hilltop of westbound 44 on the entrance ramp at Hampton. 32-year-old Richard Zagari is one of them. I got hand warmers. How cold is it in the tent overnight? Oh, it gets pretty cold, but if you stay under your blankets, you know, your body heat gets trapped under there and you stay pretty warm. And ever worry about freezing to death? No. We, like we, when it got down to zero before Christmas? Uh, I, I had four sleeping bags and my hand warmers, and I stayed pretty warm. Zagari says he and the other three men make about $40 each a day from cars at the intersection at Hampton and 44. He says he's not into drugs, but another of the four who asked just to give his first name, Steve, had a lot to say about that. How did it come to this for you? Addiction. What are you addicted to? Fentanyl. And how long has that been an issue? A few years, about five years. Before that, what was your life like? Pretty nice. What were you doing? I was, uh, I'm a union insulator. That's a good union paying job. Yeah. You were living the American dream. Yeah. I had a $250,000 house. I had a pool in the backyard, a boat in the driveway. You know? Lake of the Ozarks vacations? Sure. Family? Yep. Wife and kids? Yep. And then because of this? Yep. I got a divorce and I've went downhill ever since. Is there a way out for the people who are on the Tent Hill near Hampton and 44 to get back to what at least some of what you had? Sure. What is it for you? I got to get into treatment. You know, that's my... And do you have any uh, leads on that, or how do you get into treatment? Um, it sounds silly, but I almost have to have the dope to, be, to go to treatment. You know what I'm saying? To feel good enough to go to treatment. It makes no sense, I know, but then they can get you off of it, and then you're okay. But if not, then you're sick like I am now, and I feel terrible, you know. Would you like, when we put this on the air, would you like some counselors from a treatment center to come by and see if they can help you make arrangements? Sure. That's Steve, who lives in one of the four tents on the hill by Hampton and 44, looking for a way out. With a whole other story, I'm Kevin Killeen. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.